Hey everybody, Fran Fraschella here, and welcome to this week's World of Basketball, the podcast that takes you around the basketball globe and shrinks it for you. We bring you NBA players, college players, EuroLeague players, coaches from around the world, executives, anybody who has a tie to the game of basketball, not necessarily just in the United States, but around the world. We bring them to you and we uh, we ask a lot of curious questions and we learn a lot and uh, really enjoying season two as we're right smack in the middle of it. And uh, today we got a very interesting guest. That young man, his name is Dyson Daniels, and he is an Aussie uh, and he is now playing for the G League Ignite team. And uh, pretty soon in the next few months, as he turns 19 in March, a few a few more months later in June, he will be an NBA first round pick with a, with a chance to go in the lottery. Quite honestly, he's got a lot of buzz going on. But uh, you'll meet Dyson Daniels today, and uh, we'll tell you his story, and we'll ask him some cool questions about his background, and uh, we'll have fun with that. And of course, now that he's back from paternity leave, my producer and cohort from down under, which is why we have so many. Australian guests, and they're all pretty cool, by the way. Mr. Christopher Tyler back on the show. And Chris, first of all, how's your baby daughter doing? Baby's doing great. Baby's nice and healthy. She's happy. She's sleeping even more than her dad does, which is amazing. Hardly wakes up through the night. We absolutely cannot complain about how amazing this baby is. I love it. And that's because and you got to stay home from your from your day job. And oh yeah. You got to watch a lot of basketball this uh whole lot, lot of basketball. NBA. A lot of NBA basketball, particularly, and then college basketball in the last month or so. Yeah, mainly college, to be honest. I've kind of, I've kind of gone off the NBA a little bit this season, focusing a lot of my energy on, on college, just you know, trying to get to know the players that we want to uh, get on this show. It's all research, friend. It's all research. When I'm on the couch all day it. watching basketball, the wife gets upset. I say, "Hey, honey, I got, I got to watch it. It's, it's, it's research." Yeah, you so know, that's, you that's sound, the best thing you sound like me. Yeah, it's perfect. You sound like me when Georgetown plays uh, Providence. Even though I don't have to cover those teams this year, I tell my wife, I got to go to work. I got to watch the Georgetown game. Exactly, so exactly. I have, no, I have no life. Well, let me tell you about my week before we get to this great podcast, uh, a conversation with Dyson Daniels. Uh, I got a chance to see Baylor lose twice last week. Twice at home. And here's why. Our guy, our last guest, Jeremy Suhan, Suhan excuse me, Jeremy Suhan is still out with an ankle injury. And so they're shorthanded. And the Bears dropped two, both at home. First they time that it's happened back. to a, a an AP number oh. one ranked team in, in the same week, back-to-back home losses. That's amazing. That's amazing. Now, they did bounce back last night on the road without Suhan and James Akinjo, who sat out with a win at West Virginia. And so good, good for them, good for the Baylor Bears. Uh, I got to see the Dallas Mavericks play the Orlando Magic Ooh, on Saturday night. The Wagners. And, uh, Got to see, I got to see, I got, let's see, at least three of our previous podcast guests, both Mo and Franz Wagner. And Josh Green. And that's a fourth. And and Bobby Mariano. And Boban. Yeah, I was away for that one. That's why. I did that yeah, Bobby, yeah, Bobby did not play, but Josh played well. And, uh, of course, Mo got into it with uh, Luka Doncic. And <laughs> did he really? Even though I can say anything I want on a podcast, I can't really <laughs> repeat what Luka said. But... Uh, you know, it was fun to see Luca again in person. Um, I got a chance to see the Mavericks last year. And then, of course, I covered the Olympics for NBC. 
And, uh, you know, he's a great player, Chris. He really is a great player. I just want more out of him. Like, he's not shooting great. Yeah. Uh, I don't think he's in the greatest of shape. Um, and I know I'm dogging him a little bit, but I, you know, I don't know if he's, I don't know if he's taking the next step yet. Nah, that's just me. Of course, I'm going by one game. I watch him in person. <laughs> right. And I'm, I'm probably nitpicking, but, uh, and that's not to take away his greatness because he's one of the great, you know, five, top five. But you're supposed to hold players. these these sort of players to higher standards anyway than you would the regular player. So it's it's, yeah. it's all part of it's all part of it. On the road to greatness, there's always going to be a lot of nitpicking that goes along. And if he can tinker a few things, get a little bit in better shape, then he is going to become the player that we all think and hope that he can be. And speaking of that, um, I did a little research. Just wanted to, you know. I, I, every, every like three or four weeks, I dive back into the NBA for a couple of days just to make sure I know what's going on. And the year that, uh, uh, Nikola Jokic is having, um, if he, if this guy doesn't run away with the MVP, now I, I realize the Greek freak is right there. KD probably was, but he's going to miss a, a sizable amount of time. Um, I just think that if, if the Denver nuggets were healthy and they don't have, you know, they haven't had Jamal Murray all year. I think this guy would be the runaway favorite. I mean, 25 points, 13 rebounds, seven assists. He's just an incredible talent. Yeah. And yep. it's amazing what he's doing. And uh, I remember seeing him back in 2013 at the under 19 world championships. And uh, nobody could have foreseen this guy uh, coming. It's just, it's impossible to realize how how truly gifted he is at that size. Yeah. Especially with that body shape as well. We're talking about Luca before. He doesn't yeah, exactly yeah. have the peak uh, athletic body type. But no, he will not be on the cover. He won't be on the cover of the SI <laughs> swimsuit issue. But, no. but I tell you, he apparently he did get in shape this summer because he did not play any uh, summer basketball. He did not play with the national team. And uh, so anyway, that's my that's my thought on him. I got to see the Wagner's play and Josh Green, as you mentioned, Luca. That was cool. Uh, the other thing I want to tell you, and I know we're going to probably have. Uh, the great Bob McKillop on in the next few weeks, whenever we can get him nailed down. Davidson is in the middle of their schedule. Um, Bob McKillop to me, and I've known Bob a long time. He's a very close personal friend. Bob McKillop to me, I often mention, uh, Chris, the uh, the impact that Jack Ramsey and Chuck Daly and UB Brown and people like that had on the game of basketball around the world uh, in the 50s. and Well, really the 60s and 70s. But Bob McKillop, as much as any American college coach has had an amazing impact on uh, 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 global basketball, especially from the coaching standpoint, he is revered in Europe, Italy, Serbia, wherever you go, Bob's revered by the coaching community because he was one of the first guys in the modern era, era going back to the eighties and nineties that went all over Europe in his off season and did clinics. And, uh, even more so than what Gonzaga did with Tommy Lloyd and Mark Few, Bob McKillop's had Davidson uh, kids from, inter from international basketball for 30 years now. Yeah. And so they are 15 and two. I counted this morning and I think it's players from seven different countries and their front line uh, is been outrageous. And you got a kid like uh, Hanjun Lee from South Korea it's like a six, nine, like inspector gadget, long arm, uh, offensive machine, uh, Sam Menenga, big kid from, uh, New Zealand, uh, New Zealand. Yeah. and then yeah. 
Luka uh, Brajkovic, who I believe was hurt when he was a young player with surgery, knee surgery, he's the center, and it's a monster front line. They are 15-2, and two, and they're not really being talked about very much. Yeah, I, and, I was uh, uh, lucky enough to actually go to a Davidson game. I think it was last month. I got to see them play against UNC Charlotte. They're, okay. they're an incredibly well-drilled team. I wanted to go mainly because of the amount of international players on their roster as well as a couple in uh, for UNC Charlotte as well, plus one of their assistant coaches, Aaron Fern, is Australian as well. So he was actually yeah. the first Australian that I've spoken to in person for two and a half years, Aaron Fern. So that was oh, nice. Yeah. We, got, we got, you know, Aaron would be a great guest, by the way. Absolutely. It'd be great. Aaron, Aaron is a, he, well, he's got, I'll tell you what, he's got a great basketball mind. Absolutely. He really does. Yeah. And we, we wouldn't talk necessarily about the tactics and strategy of coaching, but just his story about being an Aussie coaching in the NBL and now, you know, uh, coaching in, at, uh, as an assistant, you know, it's really a, a great, uh, coach, San coach Ron Sanchez is a terrific guy. And he brought Aaron on Ron, Ron, by the way, as you know, coached at Virginia mm -hmm. and, uh, Kirk Penny and Tony Bennett and all that New Zealand connection and Australian connection at, at Virginia with Jack Salt. And yeah, some of the guys, some of the guys they've had play, play there at Virginia. Well, Ron was the assistant. He gets the Charlotte job. Aaron Fern joins him. And so it's pretty cool. And by the way, I think Sam Menenga is from the uh, NBA global Academy. Another one. I think so. And uh, kind of ties in with Dyson Daniels and obviously Santi uh, Vescovi, who we've had on from Tennessee is also a member, a member of the global Academy, Josh Giddy, He's been a guest on this podcast. So anyway, Jonathan Chamochachua as well. Jonathan Chamochachua yep. from Baylor. So listen, Hey, uh, it's, this is not about Chris Tyler and Fran Fraschella today. This is about <laughs> a great conversation with a guy you will hear about for the next 10 to 15 years in the NBA. He does not turn 19 until uh, two months from now as we broadcast this. And uh, Dyson Daniel is going to be a very good NBA player. And, and before we get to that, if you like what we're doing, uh, subscribe to the uh, World of Basketball podcast on Apple spotify wherever you get your uh podcast uh rate and review us give us a good rating we love bringing this material to you and uh make sure you download the sxm uh, uh, app because that's going to allow you to go back and get all 70 plus uh, world of basketball podcasts plus all the great podcast content that sirius brings you uh sports politics culture music you name it we got it covered so um do that for us. I think you won't be disappointed. And with that, future NBA first-round pick, Dyson Daniels, coming your way right now. Dyson Daniels, uh, Aussie, um, playing in the NBA's G League with the Ignite team. And if you remember, it's a team that last year produced Jonathan Kaminga, Josh Green to the NBA, and they've got some more prospects. And uh, Dyson Daniels is one of them. Dyson, hey, welcome to World of Basketball. Thank you. It's good to be here. I'm looking forward to it. Well, excited to have you on. And uh, first of all, I want to let people know about you. Your dad played at NC State. Mm -hmm. He's from North Carolina. And I have heard a rumor that you get back there on occasion and visit your relatives. Yeah, no, nah, that's, that's true. So, you know, dad was born, raised in North Carolina. You know, he grew up there. 
um, you know, big family um, household. And yeah, he was fortunate enough to play four years at um, NC State. So, um, you know, whenever, you know, me and my family can get over there and visit, you know, dad's side of the family, you know, we love to do that, you know, sometimes like Christmas holidays or when, whenever we have a break, it's always good to, you know, go visit them. And, you know, um, you know, dad loves going back there. So it's good. That's great. Now, you know, in, in the United States, as you know, people in North Carolina have an accent, you know, right. and a Southern strong. accent. That's very when strong. They, yeah. When they hear your accent, these relatives of yours, do they kind of smile a little bit? Yeah. I, so sometimes I find it hard to understand my uncle a little bit, but um, <laughs> I, that's good. I, I love going over there. You know, we play with his accent a little bit. Yeah. Do they know what Vegemite is? Uh, they, they haven't tried it. We'll, we'll have to <laughs> I don't, I don't know about you, man. You probably like that stuff, but I can't get used to it. So I love it. Okay. Americans are taking like spoonfuls and eating it. And, like, that's not how you do it. That's not how you do it. So. I got it. All right. Well, hey, uh, let's talk basketball for a second. Let's get to what you're doing right now. You're with the G League Ignite team. And uh, you would have had, like many youngsters down under in Australia, the chance to turn pro in the NBL the chance to definitely come to college and, and do what your dad did and what Patty Mills did, Matty Delvadova. And you and your family chose the G League Ignite. What was the thinking behind that? Yeah, so, um, you know, growing up for me, I always thought I was going to go to college. You know, that's usually the route that people were taking, um, you know, coming out of Australia and, um, you know, going to college and, you know, trying to make the NBA dream that way. And um, I think at a young age, that was really what I wanted to do. And then, you know, as I started getting older and, you know, when I was at the NBA Academy for a little bit, you know, I think, you know, the people like Josh Giddy, LaMelo Ball, um, who came through the pro route, you know, that opened up the pro route a little bit more for me. And then I'm um, just seeing, you know, Jalen Green and like Jonathan Kaminga and those guys have, you know, they were the top, you know, some of the top high school American um, basketballs at the time. And they decided to come to G League and, um. You know, the, the way the G League is able to help develop players, um, you know, you play NBA playing style, NBA, you know, um, time. So 12 minute quarters, um, you know, NBA lines and it's everything about it's NBA. So you're playing against NBA talent as well. So I think, you know, that having that and having the development that the G League offered me was, um, you know, something that, you know, I really wanted for me was personally was to, um, you know, being so young and still having still having so much development in me. You know, that's really what I wanted the G League had the um, best to offer that out of all the options that I had. What's the biggest surprise uh, of being on this team and playing in the G League? What, what, what rocked you back a little bit and surprised you? Yeah, I mean, the games are long. Like at, at eight minutes doesn't seem that much longer, but you know the games are very long. You know the courts are a bit longer, so it's you know it's tiring. You know going up and down um, for that long. So I think coming in, you know, I was like the first few weeks of practice, you know, I was tired getting up and down a little bit. So I knew that I had to get my conditioning up and, um, you know, that was something I went and worked on. You know, I was able to, we, I was able to have a treadmill here, um, you know, where I'm staying. So I was getting on that. Um, but yeah, I think that was the main thing that probably shocked me a little bit that I wasn't expecting, you know, I was expecting it to be more physical and stuff like that. So I always, I can't, I always came in with higher like expectations of what it's going to be. So, um, you know, I was prepared for it, but I think, the main thing that struck me was how long the games are and, you know, how tiring you can get. Let's tell people about the Global Academy, okay, because it's it's relatively new. We've got Jonathan Chamuachachua playing at Baylor, the number one team in the country, Santi Vescovi. I'm not sure if Santi was in Australia with you, but yeah, certainly, was. yeah, the, the he was? Yeah. Yeah, okay, so those guys, we, we're starting to know a little bit more about the NBA Global Academy. And, of course, Josh Giddy 
is having a fabulous year. I can't wait to ask you about him in a second, but tell me about the NBA Global Academy and how it helped you get ready for your, you know, your trip across the water. Yeah. So being in Australia, you know, that's, I think that's the best place to be at the NBA Global Academy. Um, and, you know, the Center of Excellence there, there's, you know, the coaching that they have there when I was there, Adam Capel, Marty Clark, you know, that really helped me develop into who I was today. You know, when I got there, um, you know, I was able to grow a little bit, but, you know, I got stronger in the weight room. You know, I was playing against really good talent. Like you said, Santi Viscovi, Josh Kitty, those type of players. Um, you know, I was going against them every day at practice. And, um, you know, I think being a part of that, you know, being able to go on overseas trips as well and play against, you know, international talent. Um, and just, you know, I got a feel for everything in the Global Academy. And I think, you know, that was what really helped me become who I am today. Um, you know, just the, the development that they had to offer there was, you know, really good. How much confidence are you gaining watching Josh do what he's doing, knowing that, you know, you guys are similar in some ways. It's huge. You know? Yeah. It's huge. I think, you know, the international playing style, um, the way it translates to the NBA is, you know, it's, it, it works really well. You know, you see, um, you know, like the Josh Giddies, the Luka Doncic's, um, you know, Franz Wagner, who's, who's killing it right now. I think, you know, they just have a bit of a different playing style and see the game a little bit different. So, um, you know, I think NBA teams are, are loving that right now. So, you know, the, I've always said that the Australian way of playing, the boomer culture and the, the teamwork, the togetherness, that that fits the NBA also. How much of that Australian basketball background in your game is going to help you, you know, make that transition? Yeah, it's huge. Australian basketball, you know, it's different to American basketball. It's a lot different. Um, you know, like you see see the boomers playing in um in the World Cup and you know at the Olympics and stuff, the way they move the ball, share the ball, you know, the like the sets that they run for players and things like that, you know, you just see the ball flying around through everyone's hands. And um, you know, I think personally for me, that's helped me a lot to, you know, become a better passer and see the floor a lot better. Um, make reads and things like that. So, you know, seeing, um, you know, being able to play the Australian way, um, you know, over in here, here in the U.S. has helped me a lot. You're you're a big guard, and people aren't sure yet whether you're going to be a point guard or two guard. That, that, who cares? You're going to be on the court in the NBA. How, how much of the development of a place like the Center for Excellence, the Global Academy? You know, I, I think of Ben Simmons at six nine. I think of Josh at whatever sick Josh is now. Uh, just the idea of being able to learn how to share the ball at such a young age. How did, how did you learn to do that? Yeah. So I think growing up, you know, my instincts were always, you know, team first and, you know, be able to get, um, you know, players involved. And then, you know, coming through the NBA Global Academy, it was nothing different to like being in a Broomers program or something, you know, we're, we're learning how to play with each other, move the ball. And, you know, for me, you know, I, I started a lot like as a little guard, you know, I had a late growth spurt. So, um, I was, you know, luckily for me, I was able to, you know, have a little bit of handle, um, you know, being a point guard and then growing only helps. Um, but, you know, I think for me, it's just, you know, showing that, um, you know, I can play the point guard, but, I think in today's basketball, you know, being six six, you can really, you know, play one through four, um, you know, be versatile. And you know, for me, um, I just like to show show everything I have. You know, sometimes the big guards don't have the best ball handling, but you know, they can see over the little guards that might be guarding them, and you know, they just have like something different. Like they can go, they can go down to the post. Um, you know, that if they got good passing skills or something, you can you know put them at the four sometimes. So I think. For me, it's being versatile and just, you know, being able to play wherever coach needs me to. Yeah. Do you stay in touch at all with Josh? Do you text him? Uh, are you are you picking up things from him that you think are going to help you make the transition? 
Yeah, I do. You know, I talk to Josh all the time. You know, we got the same agent. Um, you know, luckily for me, before the NBA season, we were able to get some workouts in together. So, um, you know, it's great seeing his success. You know, he's come a long way from, you know, where he came from. And, you know, us, you know, coming up through the same rankings um, at the NBA Global Academy, you know, we stay in touch all the time. And, you know, I watch his games. I watch nearly every one of his games and, you know, just seeing him kill it's, you know, really good. All right. Now tell me about this town you grew up in. I got, I'll see if I say it right. Bendigo? Yeah, Bendigo. That's the one. Bendigo. Tell me about Bendigo. What kind of place is that? I, you know, I know where I know where Sydney is. I know where Melbourne is. But what's Bendigo like? Bendigo. It's it's. I love Bendigo. You know, it's a little. It's not little. It's like a bigger country town kind of thing. But um, it's a great basketball community. Um, you know, they love their basketball. It's got a great junior program that brings um, you know, you know, like helps people be, like develop and stuff there, and. Yeah, it's about an hour and a half drive from Melbourne, so it's it's pretty close to Melbourne where um you know the main basketball is played in the state. But um, yeah, for me, I'm a country boy. You know, I grew up in the country. I love you know going out to the farm with some of my friends sometimes and stuff like that. So I'm a country boy. But you know, Bendigo is just yeah, a nice community. Um, a bit like where I'm staying here in Walnut Creek. But yeah, I, I love I love being from Bendigo. It was well, great. Good it's job. like North Carolina. It sounds like North Carolina. It sounds like North Carolina. That's right. <laughs> and is your dad still a legend in, in Bendigo? Yeah, he is. You know, he um he came down as an import and you know made a big difference for Bendigo. So, you know, people know him around there, which is good. But you know, um, he owns a gym there as well. So, you know, he people love him around there. Very cool. All right. I covered the Olympics this summer uh for NBC here in the States. And uh as I said to you off off uh off camera, off microphone. I have a lot of Aussie friends. I have a lot of Aussie friends associated with the boomers. Yeah. Where were you during the Olympics? Uh, where were you watching? And then where were you when they won the bronze? Yeah. So I just finished my world cup tour. up. Um, so I think I was in, I was in a two week quarantine, um, you know, in a hotel while the um, Olympics was on. So luckily for me, I was able to watch all the games and I see all the Aussies perform. And, um, you know, I think being around, you know, uh, the center of excellence and, you know, the players that came through there, a lot of them are with the boomers now. And, you know, our coach, Adam Caporn, he always comes back and talks to us about the boomer culture and just how tight they are. And, you know, seeing them win that medal was really special to me as well, because I knew how badly some of them wanted it. And I um, went to like, go out and play the hearts out, which you could see on the floor was, um, you know, it was huge for the, the country and, you know, they deserved it. So it was really good to watch. Have you? I know you've been part of the national team program. I think already, right? Yeah. What's What's the thought process of you someday? Who knows? Maybe twenty three and twenty four aren't that far away. What is What's because you know I remember Josh played well in the exhibition game for the Aussies in Las Vegas. Yeah, 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 Coach, yeah. So tell me about that. Just the idea of maybe playing for the Boomers in the near future. Anytime I get an opportunity to play for the Boomers, I want to play. You know, I love going and playing for my country. Um, you know, it's a, like I said, it's a great culture. It's a great team environment, you know. And um, I think just when everyone comes to play, you know, they come from different clubs in the NBL, NBA, and they just come and gel so well because they all have the same goal and they all, you know, want to make it happen. So for me, anytime I get to play for the Boomers, I'm going to take it, you know, and hopefully – uh, it was 2023 or four Olympics, you know, hopefully I'll be able to put my um, foot forward for that and uh, give it my best shot. So Good. All right. Well, there's a lot of people are talking about that already and you're only 18. You're going to turn 19, I think in the spring. So 
you got you may be you may be part of that boomer team for a long time if you stay healthy. So, I, I, if I give you a couple, I love, give me a give me a one liner on some of these guys because uh, you grew up watching them and in some cases now working out with them and playing with them. Matt Delavadova, uh, gritty, hot, like just gritty. You know, how do I say? Um, well, you probably just summarize it. He's so gritty and just <laughs> you know. Hard work, but that doesn't explain. He's so much more than hard work. He just works his tail off. So yeah, Patty Mills. Patty Mills is just excellent. You know, brilliance. You know, definition of how basketball should be played. Yeah, uh, Joe Ingles. Joe Ingles is smart. You know, <laughs> very. Um, I love watching his game. Yeah, I try to play similar to him. So I'd say he's got a unique, unique game. Yeah. I don't think he likes it when I say this. He's the slowest guy in the NBA, but he's, he's it also it yeah, he's one of the greatest pick and roll players in the world to exactly. me. He's so smart. So yeah, he he sees the whole thing. Okay, Coach Gorge. Have you gotten to know Coach Gorgian yet? Yeah, I've, I've met with Coach Gorge a little bit. Um, I'd say you know smart and um, very talented in his job. Very talented. Got it. You know, I agree with all those things. So I just want to. I want to get you on record, you know, so that they, they know you, they know you, you're, you're talking well about them. All right. Yeah, what, um, um, yeah. Bigger words. Got to go search the dictionary, find some bigger words. No, no, you did well. You did. No, you, you did well, Dyson. That's cool. All right. What do you expect? Okay. I saw you a couple of weeks ago in Las Vegas. You had to know, um, you know, you've been practicing in Walnut Creek. You played the, the first 12 games of the G League season. Did you sense that the winter showcase, like, hey, every NBA team's here scouting, there's going to be some GMs here. What kind of what kind of feeling, what kind of pressure, if any, did you feel when you were when you were in Vegas at the winter showcase? Yeah, I try, I try, you know, not to not to, you know, put that too much pressure on myself, but obviously playing in front of that many um scouts and you know, every NBA team, there's gonna be a little bit of pressure, but you know, I just wanted to play my game and show, you know, everything I could do. Um, you know, I'm, I'm, not, I'm an unselfish guy, so I like to get my teammates involved. And then when it's my turn to go get a bucket, you know, being the point guard on the team, you know, I'm able to do that because I got the ball in my hands the whole time. So I think, you know, just showing them everything I could do. And, and you know, personally for me, I take, you know, big pride on the defensive fans. So just showing them that, you know, I can be one of the best defenders in the NBA. Yeah. You had a great two-way game in that, ga that game that we did on ESPN against Grand Rapids. Be honest with me. When the game is over, what are you thinking? Like, what are you thinking in your head? Like, you know, you played well, but what, what's your, what's your mindset after a game like that? Yeah. So um, for me, you know, it was, it was a great feeling knowing that we played, we won as a team and I, you know, I had a good game. So for me, after the game, you know, I was, you know, just, I say, I'll say excited, but like, you know, I, I, we had a game the next day, so I was excited for a little bit. But then, you know, yeah. I flipped my focus, you know, after a couple of hours to the ne next day, um, you know, to prepare for the next game. But for me, I just, you know, I like to stay grounded and, you know, I don't, I don't want to get too high or too low. I just want to stay in between because you know, sometimes emotions can, you know, um, mess up the way you play. But, um, yeah, for me, I just like to stay low grounded and, you know, let my basketball do the talking. Your the the G League Unite team uh, Unite team is interesting because the way they accept started it last year and even again this year, you have the young guys like yourself and and Scoot and and, uh, and Jaden Hardy who are going to be off to the NBA, but they also have veterans around you, guys that have been around the NBA, been overseas, and of course Jason Hart played in the NBA. Your coach, right. who's the who's the vet or coach that you've gravitated to? 
maybe more than others that, you know, that's in your ear about, Hey, here's how we do it. Here's something to think about. Is there anybody like that? Or yeah. is everybody like that with you? The vet's really good to me. Um, being a point guard, Pujeta, um, you know, he's, you know, been around a long time. He's played, you know, a lot of places as well. Um, and, you know, he's a, he's a really good leader to me. You know, every practice, every game, you know, he's coming and telling me, like, you know, what I need to work on, you know, like you got to see this, you got to look, keep your head up when you're coming off, off this pick and roll and look at this. And, um, you know, he's really good to me, um, just, you know, helping me develop and, um, personally, for me, it's really helped because, you know, he, he's a really smart guy and he plays the same position for me. So he's probably the main one. But then the coaches as well, you know, like you said, Jay Hart, you know, he's been in the NBA. Um, you know, he's seen it all. So he's been a, a lot of help to me as well. Yeah. How about have you talk? I'll tell you, I don't know if you realize how good Rod Strickland was in the NBA. Rod's been helping me a lot as well. You know, I, I work on my ball handling and finishing with Rod. So he's been helping me a lot. 17 years, man. And he uh, close to a Hall of Fame player, really. You know, right. all right. Tell me about, you know what? The, the one thing everybody wanted to know when you guys got together with all these young players, you know, with you and, and I mentioned Scoot, Jaden Hardy, Mike Foster, how are you going to play well together? When I saw you plays, you, you said something interesting about a 48 minute game. It mm -hmm. seemed to me when I've watched you play on film and then in person twice, that it's almost like the game is long enough for everybody to have time to do their thing. Right. Do, you sense, do you sense that? And do you know when the other guys kind of need to get some touches? Yeah, exactly. Um, you said it perfectly. The game, the game is very long, so everyone, you know, has an opportunity to go get theirs. And I think for us um, as a team, you know, we have so many young guys that are trying to get to the next level. And obviously to get to the next level, you got to show you can do things. And I think it's us for a team. We just got to, you know, sacrifice a little bit to play well, well together and, you know, share the ball. So, you know, everyone's getting, getting looks, everyone's getting um, the opportunities. And I think, you know, against the grad, Grand Rapids, especially we um, did, did that really well. And, um, you know, when we do that well as a team, we play well. And then sometimes, you know, um, if things are going downhill, you know, sometimes you can get a little bit caught up, but that's, that's just being us being young and, you know, coming from teams where, you know, we're the guy to, you know, everyone coming together. So, um, I think for us, when we play together as a team and sacrifice, everyone gets looks. We're, we're really good and really hard to beat. So, yeah. I right, tell me about some of these guys. Scoot is still 17 years old. What what impresses you about Scoot? You're going to be going against him like forever in the in the league. That guy's crazy, man. Like in transition, he can't be stopped. Like he's so fast, he's so athletic, he's so strong. You know, he's jumping over people, practice dunking on everyone, and you know he's he's got a really good handle and pull up game as well. So he's going to be special. And how about Jaden? Give me something about Jaden that impresses you. Jaden's one of the craftiest guys I've seen. You know, he can get his own shot at any time. Um, you know, he's a great shooter. You know, great at getting to the rim. He's just a really good three-level scorer. How would, what, do you, what are you guys planning now? I think you, you played the 12 games. To, I know the league is getting back COVID. What was fun about being in Las Vegas, Dyson, honestly, was to call a game and the next day that guy was up to the NBA. I don't know if you recognize how crazy that was, but it's been, yeah, it's been good because we've been playing against a lot of people who have been called up. So you can yeah. say playing against NBA players is good. Exactly. In fact, I think the game that I know the game, what we did, you were, uh, you guys went up against uh, Lance Stevenson. Yeah, exactly. And he, him and Mario Chalmers as well. He had a really good um, NBA career. So. Yeah. You know, you know what Lance did last night, don't you? Yeah, I did say that. I was crazy. 30 that's, points. That's insane. Yeah. yeah. Was he talking any trash out there? He used to talk of in his course. Of course. Okay. Yeah. 
He was. He that's was. good, man. Get used to that because that's probably going to be half the league. You know, that's good. I, I love. I love you know. So like, it's it's fun. So you know, it gives yeah. the guy the energy. What's the goal now for the rest of the G League season for you personally and for the team? Yes, yeah, so you know the team. We we obviously want to keep winning as a team, um, but you know we just want to develop. Everyone wants to develop. Personally, I want to, um, you know, just show that you know I can take steps forward and be consistent. I think sometimes this year I've, you know, had a good game, and then the next game has been a, a bad one. So I think for me, it's showing consistency and just building, showing that you know I can you know knock down the three ball. You know I can create for others. I can create for myself. Um, and then defense is always going to be my mindset coming into games. You know, I'm going to guard the best players. So for me, it's just building and showing consistency. Right. You, so you'll end about April, early April. And then what's the plan with you and, and your agent, family? Are you going to go back home? Or are you going to stay and train? Or how's that? Do you, do you have a yeah. plan yet? Uh, I don't. It's not set yet, but it'll depend, um, you know, where I'm sitting in, like, the draft leaderboard and stuff on what I do. You know, I'll be, you know, I'll definitely be in the U.S. before the draft, um, you know, working out with, you know, teams and stuff like that. So, for me, it's not set out yet, but, um, you know, I'm sure in, a, like, a month or so, you know, I'll have more of an idea. What's ex- what, what excites you about playing in the NBA? Everything. I was my, like, I've dreamed of it as a kid. You know, I've had sleepless nights thinking about, you know, what it'd be like. Um, you know, that's my dream. Wherever I go, um, you know, I'll be happy. So um, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to keep, keep working and, you know, hopefully one day I will hopefully in June I'll get my name called an NBA draft. Yeah. if you, th- I know you've thought about walking across that stage, right? For sure. For yeah. sure. What yeah. are you, you going to work on the next couple of months? What, now that you've had a half a season in the G League against, you know, what I here's something I said on TV, like, the G League guys aren't, like, there's only, there's 7 billion people on the planet and the G League, you know, some of those guys are going up to the NBA, but basically when you add the NBA, the Euro League and the G League, it's the best 2000 players in the world. Right. And at, and at 18, you've been going up against them. But now that you've had a half a season, what are some things that you say to yourself? I have to get better at this. Yeah, for me, it's definitely my shooting. Um, you know, I just need to show that I can become a consistent shooter and knock down the three ball. And, you know, I think. For me, that'll open everything up, um, you know, because then they'll have to come out and guard me more. They'll have to chase over screens rather than go under them. And, you know, for me, that opens everything up. And personally, I like to get to my little floaty game, you know, around the rim and, you know, I got a good touch around the rim. So for me, it's definitely my shooting. But then little things like just getting in the gym, getting stronger, um, you know, my ball handling still needs to improve. So those are little things I need to do. But definitely my, you know, my shooting needs to improve. I always wondered about this as a former coach, when you have a guy that's so good at getting into the lane, like you are and some others, is that, does that, I mean, you're going to become a good shooter. Your form is great, but is it because like you've always been a guy that has been able to attack the basket so easily? Um, No, that might play a little role in it, but you know, I think for me, it's just confidence. You know, I feel like, Sometimes my shot can change a little bit where if I've missed a few or something like that. So it's for me, it's just rhythm, consistency, getting more shots up um, and, you know, having the same shot every time. Cause you know, sometimes in practice, you know, I can, you know, go lights out and can't miss, but it's for me, it's just implementing that in the game and showing that I can become a consistent shooter. But um, yeah, like you said, getting, um, you know, for me, being able to get into the, the paint sometimes so easy, um, you know, I don't need to shoot it, but for me, um, you know, just be able to get that shot and make that make defense go on me differently um, is big. Um, let me ask you this before we're going to keep you a couple more minutes. Did you get a chance to see Lamelo when he was in the NBL? I, I didn't. I watched a few games of him. So you know, yeah. he's taking huge steps as well, just like um, you know Giddy. 
And um, that, that opens up everything for the NBL as well. You know, they had what there's Josh Kitty and Lamelo Ball, Roger Hampton, the guys that have come through the NBL um, and you know, making impacts on the NBA, you know, just give them more looks on the NBL too. How much do you think being an Aussie point guard with LaMelo doing what he did in the NBL and, and now Josh uh, make kind of makes it easier for you people? You got a little more respect, I think, right off the bat. I mean, yeah, I guess you could look at it that way, but, you know, I like to look at it as, you know, I just, I have to keep working and I have to become the best person of me, but I'm sure, you know, with the talent that the international game has brought in, um, you know, to the NBA these days, I'm sure it gives more of a looks to the international, you know, um, players and, you know, leagues and stuff like that. But, you know, I like to, you know, just keep my head down and, um, you know, outwork people and, you know, you know, the results will, you know, they'll come. Yeah. Well, this is great. Uh, Dyson, we appreciate it, man. We, um, glad we had you on world of basketball. You keep working. Sure. Uh, maybe, maybe we'll, we'll, uh, we'll check with, uh, with Dan, your agent. Maybe we'll have you back before or after the draft, but in the meantime, you're off to a great start. I, uh, uh, folks who are listening, you know, this young man is already, uh, a good, a very good player and he doesn't turn uh, 19 until March. I think it's March, right? Yeah. All right, man. So keep working uh, a couple. That's a couple months away, but keep getting better. Tell boot, tell Pooh Jetter I was asking for him. He's a good, good man. And uh, you're right about one thing he's played. I like to see his passport, Dyson, because <laughs> he's got a lot of stamps. Former yeah. Ukrainian national national team player, yeah. China, Southern Cal, NBA, Everywhere. all over the world. So tell, tell Pooh I was asking for him and uh, we're going to be pulling for you and rooting for you and stay healthy. Okay. I got you. Appreciate it, Fran. Appreciate it, Chris. Thanks a lot. Well, we wish Dyson Daniels the very best of luck. Uh, just an engaging young man. A great, uh, great story. Dad played at NC State. Uh, Dyson visits the family in North Carolina, as he told you, but he does not have the typical North Carolina accent. So uh, all the best of luck as he, he embarks on an NBA career uh, very shortly. And uh, hey, breaking news. Uh, speaking of Aussies. Uh, my producer, Christopher Tyler, the man from down under, uh, received some information uh, just a little while ago from our recent guest, David Hine, who is all things European basketball. And, and David informs Chris that there is a possibility because of the COVID situation in Germany, there is talk of the EuroLeague moving the final four to Belgrade uh, in Serbia. Uh, so pay attention to that. Keep your eye on that. And, uh, if we have any news uh, next week, we'll bring you we'll bring you the update. But uh, breaking news from David Hine, uh, Mr. European Basketball. We thank David for uh, sharing that with us. And uh, again, if you like what we're doing, subscribe uh, to the podcast wherever you get your podcast. Um, download that SXM app. Go back and uh, be able to listen to any of the seventy plus uh, shows that the World of Basketball has recorded. Just some amazing guests and. Uh, we get educated every single week on this show. Believe me, I certainly don't know it all when it comes to uh, international hoops, but each week I get a little more knowledgeable because of these great guests. And uh, you can bet that even though I'm traveling like a madman in the month of February, I'm going to see some great college basketball. I will still have time next week to bring you to another place in my world of basketball. World of Basketball is part of the Sirius XM Podcast Network. The executive producer is Chris Tyler. Sound designed by Robert Moore. A special thanks to Sirius XM Senior Vice President of Sports Programming and Podcasting, 
Steve Cullen. Serious XM Podcasts.